0: our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Hey. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking you to live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, the Herald, and the quest of the past. In the last couple episodes of the show, our party had some brutal realizations about Klika the world, and the fate of the mortals here in Amaroth and the greater uh, parts of the planet. Uh, unfortunately, immortals don't seem to give a shit about the Herald of Steel. Apparently, Klikka twists fate into some pretty ugly shapes in order to get her to go back home. Uh, apparently, Anton is having quite the crisis of faith Uh, got into a pretty brutal match with Auk in the last episode after brooding and uh, what was it a a giant arcing pea stream into the water is that what happened last time I'm pretty sure that's what what happened happened. Anthony said so Um, anyway so then uh, Jarzak made mud pies Norhill gave a couple speeches and Klika got sad by herself crying on the dome I'm pretty sure that's all that happened
3: right? you really just sort of glanced over the whole beating Auk thing
0: I like how when you guys had to have to say goodbye and get on your flying thing, like Aqua wasn't there. Yeah. No, <laughs> Norhill
3: straight out. up just beat up like a big, innocent baby.
0: You mean Anton <laughs> he, cried.
3: he cried? And yeah. Anton, I'm sorry.
0: But um, OK, Uh, so, yeah, the the episode ended with our party hopping on the wave wraith flying west uh around the uh the spire there hoping to go uh west then north up to Fearmore uh Fearmore being the home of the arch evil spooky lich unthrendil uh hoping that when they meet with this undead figure they'll trade a priceless artifact from the elven queen paliodea trees uh in order to uh, I suppose in order to, uh, well, I don't know, get some sort of assistance somehow, some way with defeating the Herald of Steel. So with that, our party left in the morning saying their goodbyes to everybody except for Auk, who hates you guys now, especially Anton for punching a baby. Um, and the uh, yeah vessel takes flight and for a couple weeks, weeks uh, just seems to drift lazily on the winds amongst the clouds, uh, traveling west. Um, I imagine the flight path will probably change once the party um, get near Sulthide, uh, probably cutting before the Elven Wood and just kind of arcing around by the bay uh, before cutting north over Gorgareth. So, um, this flight's probably going to take a couple weeks before you guys even reach the middle of the Rith Ocean in order to get up farther north to Furimore and Shailen and Galen. Um, so, For this next bout, there's going to be quite a bit of role playing that takes place. Um, But first and foremost, when uh, the party are on the vessel uh, and traveling through the winds here, you guys get some of the most beautiful glances of sunrises and sunsets unspoiled by your vantage point down low on the earth. And you're able to see quite a lot from this angle. The stars as well, once you cut above the clouds, are pretty much unadulterated by the, you know, the clouds above. So you guys always get the clearest of night, not only as a a good marker to where you're headed, but also as a great judge of, you know, just the beauty of the cosmos above. Um, But I will say that on one of the sunrises uh, one morning, uh, Anton feels a very particular pull at his soul as he lays in bed and feels the morning come before he gets out of bed. I imagine Anton in the last few days, having been such a grumpy, cranky sport about his faith and his existence, probably hasn't woken up to pray early in the morning as much as he would have before, but feels very compelled to do so as he hears the boards of the ship sort of ache and groan under the, the, uh, the various winds of the skies that he treads upon. and says fuck you i'm going back to bed
4: <laughs> no i don't think that i think he just i think he just sighs and gets out of bed does a stretch mm-hmm. arthritis,
0: goes up in his little bunny slippers and walks up onto the main yeah. deck
4: yeah basically
0: And from where the uh, ship is floating here, you can tell that you are like riding above the clouds, but sort of drifting and skipping in them like one stone over the, uh, over the wake of water. And as you see sort of the sun's light kind of peeking through the clouds here and sort of like cracking this sort of like goldenrod hue over all the clouds. And you get to see like the most perfect sort of sun rays traveling through clouds. It makes for like the most unbelievably beautiful sight of, of the natural light in this way and as you look upon the sunlight as it begins to sort of arc over the clouds a bit you can tell that the uh there's something of a of a magnetism that you feel in the direction of the sun which now rises in the south
4: He just just takes a breath uh, I imagine. I think he would have brought his lantern with him and kind of set it on the rail and just let it absorb that natural light. He wasn't gonna throw it. I swear to God, he's not gonna throw it. Uh, and falls. Oh. No. <laughs> uh, he's just gonna kind of let it sit there and let it soak in the the big big old flame in the sky and just try to accept it is what it is. And I don't think he's expecting anything from the Illuminator at this point. Like, he's like, he's seen miracles in the past. Like, he's seen clear signs of his God. But I think he's just trying to accept if it happened, it happened, and he's not going to look for it anymore. Kind of deal. Like, he's not going to.
0: No. A voice he's... kind of chimes into your head in the same way that Ira's voice had chimed into yours before. And as you sort of set the lantern down and look off in the distance at the sun, the voice chimes in and says, Hello, light bearer. (laughs) Heard you talking shit. Yeah,
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. A fireball arcs from the sky, the heavens above, a star falls.
4: Yeah, honestly. Um,
0: so it's just Joe Pesci's voice. Who the fuck you think you messing with just <laughs> Dear Lord, we've angered the true god Joe I Pesci. Feel like,
4: um, he kind of perks up thinking, just trying to see if there's someone or behind him. He didn't he didn't notice anyone, so he kind of just Okay. And he goes back into staring at the sun.
0: And just goes blind. Yeah. Oh and no. Literally. So, I mean, it greets you.
4: I guess the answer just says, "Why now?" Was in your lane.
0: that, it just says, "Why ever?"
4: He just gets a little annoyed by the answer, and he's just like. Do you have any power in the land of immortals? Do you have any influence on this world?
0: Star comes hurtling out of the cosmos again. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but with that, it says, why do I need to demonstrate power in order to have influence in your life? To, To generate faith in you, I need to make myself very apparent. Am I not evident right now? As you gaze upon my purest form, illuminating the world around you and giving you the gift of warmth and light, have I not done enough to demonstrate my power in my existence? In the land of immortals, I am among the stars, merely one of the other constellations forming the powers that be. Soon my time will come and I will disperse amongst the rest of the stars and others will take my place. Why is it that you stray from the light?
4: Well, I've learned that potentially one of my companions is a cause for terrible, possibly terrible things. I doubt this, but I was hoping I'd receive guidance and more truth from faith I did know and I've known for a majority of my life rather than strangers in a strange land. You weren't there. Euro left. I don't know what became of her. And my companion had to suffer that fate. You're telling me a fate like that is true?
0: So that the voice in your head goes silent for a moment and chimes in again and says, if I were to answer every question that you had, would your faith be restored? If I made sense of the chaos of the world around you, would you have faith? Having answers and having faith are two very different things. Sometimes the unfortunate part is having answers can destroy a sense of faith. Sometimes having faith can blind you from reaching true answers. I think at the end of the day, you, above all people, have a very firm understanding of when to have faith and when to seek the truth. I don't need to tell you that straying too close to the light may blind you. And venturing too far away will leave you in darkness. What answers do you need? And where do you need to maintain your faith?
4: Try not to think about it. I'm,
0: I'm
4: just going to believe <laughs> that they could say that. That they could just cast her life aside as if it was something that shouldn't have happened at all.
0: When life has no ending, it ceases to have value. I understand the value of life, because I, in some way or form, provide it to those beneath me, those below, those in your realm of existence. Of course they cast your pain and plight aside as if it was a mere annoyance. They don't understand what it's like to lose things like you do, like any of you do. The faith that those of Glorywake had, even in their downfall. It was strong and it was palpable, and I was there with them. I followed them to Gorgareth, and I gave them the strength to carry on, because I knew you had faith that you would return to them, offer them direction and guidance, and I knew you would bring them home. At times, even I need to have faith in those that follow me,
1: Because
4: that's what the Herald of Steel is trying to do? Is he trying to make the immortals realize there is something to lose? Do do you even know of this? I can't even fathom what we're going against.
0: To a certain extent, none of us can. Whoever this being is, is a perversion of both the mortal and immortal worlds. But what I can tell you is, you must have faith that things can be made better if you continue to use the answers you have to strive forward. An answer is only worth so much, and faith is only worth so much. But together, in summation, they have a greater value together. If you were to live strictly off of faith and seek no answers... They will be no better than a friar in a library, reading only books. They will never gather their own experiences, and they will never learn on their own. But one who never steps foot into the grounded world of reality will be nothing more than a dreamer. Anton, Lightbearer, I think you have spent much of your life as a child of the church. And I think you are feeling the growing pains of having been away from such a sedentary, pained lifestyle, and you are starting to realize the pain of loss because you have gathered your own life experiences. Your faith is challenged with the gathering of answers. But is it up to you to strike that balance of learning and tempering it with the faith that you have in all that you believe in and all that you fight for?
4: I'll think about it. Otherwise, we'll just do what we do every dawn. Every desk.
0: Because I know that your heart is heavy, I believe I owe it to you to tell you that Ira is fine. Ira is well. And I think that your faith in her and the connection you felt to her makes plenty of sense to me. Perhaps, perhaps you should invest your time into understanding yourself, as well as understanding Ira and myself. Perhaps it would do you well to step further from the light and from the tranquility of waters in order to reach whatever answers you need to find.
4: He makes a nod. He thinks about that. It might be a good idea. Going to the land of wherever how we're going. Imagine it's like darkness and cold. That's, the, that's pretty opposite.
1: It's like <laughs> winter, but all the time.
0: <laughs> and I
1: think
4: to the for record. what
0: it's worth, as as Anton has the rest of the morning to think to himself about everything of his relationship with the Illuminator and everything of his relationship with Ira, you recognize that your abilities to control water and control, you know, uh, the elements in that respect, you feel like your faith to the Illuminator is not necessarily just... To him or them But rather it's a faith To all that have powers Such as that All that have guiding forces And a lifestyle to live by That guides yourself And so with this realization Of how much that voice in your head Sounded the same when it came from Ira calling for help As it did with the voice in your head Coming from the illuminator Telling you to seek inward You feel like the resonance in your holy like powers begins to go from a duality of powers from Era and powers from the Illuminator and starts to feel more like a spiritual singularity. And from this point forward, all spells that you can cast that are fire-powered from your holy roster can be cast as cold spells instead. So, Scorching Ray... Can now be cast as the same thing, but instead of fire damage, it does cold. Fireball can deal cold damage instead.
4: That's the sense weird.
0: that you can use cool. hold these spells in the sense that you're projecting all the power you have from the illuminator, sort of speaking with the illuminator at this point and recognizing, like, you know, the dwindlings of faith and hearing just a voice in your head it just kind of lets you understand that like the powers of those elements comes from your faith in them and so long as it's a faith in either of them any of them i mean these powers just sort of act as like a color palette sort of followed and impacted by whatever it is that their personal you know domains and beliefs have to them
4: interesting
0: especially now that you're thinking about going up to the frozen north and the wastelands you start to just like think about all the depressed and pained cold moods you've ever been in and as you reflect on your angry, dour feelings that you have right now it just becomes such a palpable sensation you feel like even ice growing at your fingertips in your angry mood but
4: oh no, we're getting
0: Santa Claus Anton's coming Santa Santa Claus
4: Santa (laughs)
0: Claus Okay, um, and so now uh, I suppose the rest of the crew will begin getting everything ready in the morning, and the rest of the day is pretty uneventful, unless Anton wants to do anything about it.
4: No, well, I think he's just going to notice these little changes in his spells. But I don't. I think he's going to wait for the wisest opportunity to use it and not randomly fight someone again.
0: Just really fuck up one of these gnomes.
4: First <laughs> <not okay. laughs>
0: ball. Um, coming up to you know, captain the
2: ship sees Anton looking over at the sunrise, and he's just like, Ah, oh, isn't it glorious? Finally a day where it's not rising in our eyes. <laughs> 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 it's like day three. Every other day it was just coming up in the west
3: straight north just straight in front of us and also set in the north it would just switch and come up and go down in the same direction
0: <laughs> things are bad <laughs> on this
2: world
0: listen okay this became canon i'm not dealing with the repercussions okay this is my fan fiction i can do what i want but as the day kind of dwindles on in the same boring, tedious way that it has with everybody eating the provided food from the from the Gnomish chef on deck. Um, eventually, sorry, halfling chef on deck. Uh, eventually, the evening comes, and I believe Klikka had a thing.
3: Yeah, um, Klikka would just like to get, like, the whole party together out on deck at some point. After the sun's gone down and the stars are up, okay. Um,
4: Clica wanted to talk to everybody for a bit. Um,
3: Clica's not really sure where she comes from anymore. Klika used to think maybe she was well the Tone Guard Klika's earliest rem me- memories are the Tone Guard telling Klika that they rescued her and she was being experimented on and that Kleeca didn't have a name but the bad people that they rescued Kleeca from called her Kleeca um or Cleaner Klika's not really sure. Klika just knows that her she had always thought that she was someone who was supposed to help pick up the pieces for other people. But um I guess we found out maybe that wasn't true. Um, Maybe the Tome Guard were the ones who were really doing the experiments. But uh, one day, at least some of the Tome Guard told Klika that she should go out and live her own life. And so Klika did that, and maybe they weren't supposed to do that. Now that Klika thinks about it, um, but it wasn't too long after that that Klika met you guys. Um, Klika had traveled around for a bit and sort of never really seen. Much of the world. But she was. Happy that. She met all of you. Um. And now. All three of you. Are kings. And. You've all. Lost a lot. And you've all. Been through a lot. And you can look up at the sky. You can see how close all of your stars are to Klika's. And Klika isn't sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing anymore. But Klika's just... You're all Klika's oldest friends. And she'll never. I'll never forget you guys. And if someday you need to leave Klika, I hope you do. I hope you never stay with Klika for any other reason than it's what you want to do. Klika doesn't want to keep you away from your families and the people who rely on you. Klika doesn't want to be a burden. click uh, you're
2: you're never gonna be a burden. To me at least. I don't know I don't know about these guys. But uh is this is this cause you're you you didn't get a kingdom or people to rule like we did? You can you can lead the orcs, Kleika, if you want. I'll just hang out with you.
3: Hmm do you no, Klika doesn't really want do to do need, that. You don't need people to lead? No, Klika doesn't want to be a king. Uh, that, okay. And the only queen Klika met was a demon. So Well, don't uh, forget the Elven Queen. Oh, that's true. I she mean she's
0: a nice lady. C- and, queen
2: of Queen of the Orcs is a pretty good title.
0: What Goblin Queen of the Orcs? That feels like a technicality. Hey, that do- doesn't even it, make sense. It, goblin
2: if, Queen, if Klinga, Goblin Queen. If Kleecker can beat me in in the ring, you'd have... Oh, that might not be a good idea, because that's usually a fight to the death. Not, <laughs> uh, we'll have to figure out a way around that.
3: Get you to be Queen. An amendment. Mm,
0: no, Jarza, Kleecker
3: thinks you should lead the Orcs. That's what you wanted at one point. I, yeah. Now, but now you're doing it. I haven't.
2: What, yeah, I'm doing it. Do you see all the orcs up here with us? Looks around. There's no fucking orcs. There's also no humans or dwarves. <laughs> yes. Really leading my people.
0: Oh, shit. That's what we forgot. <laughs> Just. Just.
2: Uh, at some point being king wasn't a you know the only goal
3: mm, maybe if you figure out the red dragon business clica will be queen I
4: don't know
0: yeah right so would that The uh, lucky dog who's been at the helm this whole time shouts out to Jarzak and says, Captain, I apologize for interrupting, but do you see that? And as he points off in the distance, you see uh, a very darkened, blackened cloud sort of riding alongside all the normal gray clouds of night almost like like a killer whale amongst like dark seas like it just comes is like pummeling towards you can you roll a nature check for me
2: uh that that doesn't look normal
0: unless it does let's find out there <laughs> like now that actually checks out sometimes that happens <laughs> yeah, it probably does so the seven it looks very abnormal it looks strange and you're like I don't know what it is but it's probably not good.
2: That, maybe so the, maybe that's a storm coming. I don't, I don't know.
0: The speed that it is traveling towards you is absolutely horrifying. Like, this is like a sentient cloud. And with that, the lucky dog starts jingling a bell and crying for alarm as gnomes come filing out from underneath. And immediately start to man the stations. And he says, "We're going to have to put it into the speediest mode we got on this thing." He says, "You guys might want to go below deck. or strap onto something because I don't trust this system—not one bit."
2: Yeah, it would have been good to know before we were here.
1: Button down. Secure your safety harnesses. <laughs> And uh, Norhill is so, going to stand by like the door uh, to, that leads to down below to make sure that everybody who needs to be going down
2: there gets through safely.
0: Okay. Is anybody going down below, or is anybody staying above?
2: Jarzec will go down below immediately.
0: He ain't going down with the ship. Fuck that shit.
1: Jarzec <laughs> leads from the front, the, the front of the line to, to go hide.
2: Oh, nope. captain first, captain
0: first. <laughs> 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 so with that, um you guys hear the sound of a couple pinging noises as if metal corks are being snapped off of metal containers and the entire vessel lurches forward with a very unhealthy feeling lurch as you feel the whole thing heat up in the back as fire elementals are released and contained at the same time to the back of the apparatus. And the whole thing just jets forward. But as everybody on the deck can tell you, that dark cloud is still tailing at a speed that is like very unnerving. And as the party are chased for nearly five minutes of absolute breakneck speed moving forward, it doesn't seem like you guys are able to get this thing off your tails at all, no matter how much you try. But in the distance, um, the jingling of the bell goes off again, and lucky dog yells for Jarzak to please come up above deck. And he needs him, <laughs> as it seems like the situation may have gotten worse, and he wants to know what to do.
2: Don't worry, the captain will handle this, everyone. <laughs> Jarzak Hi. says to no one in particular. Looks He's at the ap- closet. Looks, looks up at the captain's hat, looks over at Kleeke, reaches for the hat, and then is like no, it just walks upstairs.
1: <laughs> Norhill, Norhill accompanies Jarzak at least.
3: Jarzak, you okay. can't just push all of your responsibilities on Kleeka. Uh...
0: so as you look out the door as you start climbing up the stairs, before you in the clouds, uh ringed with the light of the stars and the moon above, is the most immense palace and series of castle towers Uh and strange buttresses climbing out of clouds that you could ever imagine in your wildest of dreams or fantasies and before you this giant citadel of clouds and structures jutting out of it it seems like this cloud is pushing you guys and like sort of circling you almost like some sort of an intense hunting strategy of one wolf leading you to an entire party of wolves It seems like you guys have been pushed full speed to careen towards this place. And as the clouds kind of pull aside from this giant castle in the sky, the lucky dog yells to you and says, should we let off the speed and try to turn or should we just keep going forward? He says, if we slow down, whatever's behind us is going to catch us. But if we keep going, we're probably going to crash into whatever that is. Can we wonder it? We got to turn. We have to you can also roll another nature check. This like is, I know, we, we know
4: this place. We know this place.
0: Do you? Wait, what did you get now? Did you say five? No, a 10.
1: How? Oh. Oh. This has got to be a different flying castle from the one
0: in the Elven Wood. That one crashed. Yeah. When I oh, say this one is did. immense, I mean, this one is like.
4: No, no. It's a flying, like, evil mage city.
0: No, well, I, it might be hard to oh, tell. Yeah. Jarzak I, I, yeah. knows I, I
1: remember vaguely something about a flying.
0: Yeah, game. right.
4: There's like evil beach city around. Realm. Didn't we hear about this in Glory Week? There's all that bullshit. You,
0: you did the Aether Realm, but that's that's not over here from what you last knew. But uh, terrifyingly enough, it could be that same city. That's but judging by,
4: like it, wherever it wants.
0: You know what, Anton, you're below deck. You quiet down. <laughs> So with that, Darzac, with a solid 10, you can tell that this city may be something out of a fairy tale, maybe something that belongs to giants. But at the same time, you're like, that's a crazy thought. That could never be the case. So you're planning on turning?
2: And there's no way to dodge it, even if we go straight to, like, pull up or...
0: I mean, you could try, but the problem is, is this thing is going so fast and so much in like this direction. It seems like the clouds were pulled aside at the particular moment so that you guys wouldn't have an opportunity to be able to pull up very well. If you guys try to pull up and go over it, you're likely going to crash into one of the towers.
2: Uh, can we cut through the city? Is there any gap between the buildings?
0: Yeah, you can definitely try. Would you like Lucky Dog to try his hand at the wheel to do this? Yeah. (laughs) What would you like to tell him? Just go through it. Lucky Dog. I beg pardon. (laughs) you're,
2: You're taking charge on this one. Get us through the city. He yells, I beg your pardon. Get us through the city. You got this. You, you see, see that him... gap? And I just point towards the city. Not even probably at any gap, but...
0: So he pulls out a chain around his neck that you didn't know he had. He kisses a certain silvered medallion and puts it back in. <laughs> and he holds on and closes his eyes. And the, eyes the vessel, dog.
2: lucky dog, you gotta watch where you're going.
3: Let the man oh. work his method.
0: so that the uh the wave wraith careens at full speed forward and all of a sudden you guys notice that the uh that the 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 sails on the vessel start to flap completely in the opposite direction and you feel every inch of the boat start to like lurch under the pressure of like a tidal wave of wind facing the front jarzak can you roll me a strength saving throw and Norhill, can you as well I imagine Norhill's at advantage. I think that's a thing with either your armor or being a dwarf or something. No, not uh, specifically.
2: A 15? Oh, that's weird.
0: I mean,
1: you can give advantage all you okay. want.
0: Like, well. I mean, I won't, but we'll think that I did.
1: Uh, let's see. I got a 22.
0: Okay, so you two managed to stave yourself against this, but the wind that comes off the front of the ship uh seems to push you guys like a couple of feet backwards you hold your ground and hold on to what you have to to not fall down and go flying down the stairs but the lucky dog starts to scream in terror as he's holding on and like flapping in the wind as this gale force comes co- like just pushing so hard on the front of the ship but what you notice is that black cloud around you like catches up and starts to engulf the back of the ship And as you look at it, you realize that that shapes now taking on the form of a giant blackened hand. And for a moment, Jarzak has a heart attack as he thinks that maybe this is the deceiver. And he's like, oh, fucking no, no, not today. But with that, the hand grabs onto the back of the ship and slowly pushes it against the wind in the front towards the city. And as it does, you guys can see hulkingly massive figures walking out onto what appears to be like a courtyard. And as the wind in the front dies down to nothingness, you guys are pushed gently over towards where this courtyard is. And a group of three of these massive, I mean like 25 foot tall beings stand there, wispy haired with a strange bluish tinted skin, standing there looking at the vessel as it's coming in. One of them dressed to the nines in like all different shades of gold and silver and as they come as you guys come pulling in here the black clouds dissipate as the ship is about 50 feet from the uh from the courtyard and one of the giants yells out in giant some sort of a call does anybody here speak giant
4: i actually do <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Anton from within the inside the ship, hears the beckoning, booming voice of a giant all of a sudden <laughs> outside the ship and here's and well met.
4: Um, how tall? Like, well, I guess like as we're in the boat, we're, are am I anywhere near the sky's like head height or are we still like a good like 20, 30 feet below?
0: I mean, you guys are 50 feet away, so like the vessel's just kind of like floating there. So oh. for Wordsworth, yeah, you guys are definitely looking down at them.
4: I don't know how loud I'm gonna be from this far away.
0: Well, since the wind all died down,
4: I'll try to yell down. hello down there We we seem to have come upon your city. We don't mean any harm.
0: And with that, the uh, giant seems to kind of laugh in a very booming, like, thunder kind of voice, and it replies to you, I am Lord Gontier. You did not stumble upon it. I merely suggested you come my way. Anton of Glory Wake, I presume? Yes. I also like thinking, like, how sound travels slower than, than than light. So just seeing, like, Anton standing there on the edge of the boat, just... Yeah? Like, why is that so funny to me? But as you yell back, you're like, yeah? He's like, I would be honored to have you, as well as Klika, Jarzak, and Norhill as my guests. Would you do me that honor?
4: With whom do we have the pleasure of giving us this honor?
0: The Lord like Gontier. The- I am merely a friend you do not know of yet. Please, I'd highly recommend you come and join me.
4: Insight check. Gotta make sure they're not gonna kill
0: us. I was like thinking that Anton came out to the deck. This guy's just like brado hard deer, and she's just, and then Anton's just brado he's Like brado Ganteer. Anton got a fortune. I mean, he seems like, even though it sounds mildly threatening, it might just be the fact that he's two and a half stories tall and yeah. in a flying castle city. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it seems like he's fair enough.
4: Okay. So, I it'll give the group their It looks like we've been strategically welcomed here by the Giants. It, I, I don't sense it's a threatening place. It might be a good, a good stopping point. They may have some information regarding the Lich.
0: And luckily for you, these are cloud giants. They could either be chaotically neutral or chaotically good or chaotically evil. It's kind of hard to tell which one it is until you get there, but let's hope it's not evil. Oh, but okay. yeah.
1: Open thresh, I mean, well, I
0: actually we weren't
1: given a choice to accept or deny the invitation it's probably best to accept for now and keep a certain peace.
2: So we're not full speed ahead out of here.
1: No. It's... I don't think so. How I doubt we would make it very far.
0: Um, I'll let you guys roll for history or nature if you have either of those for the Giants.
4: I yes. actually have history.
2: Oh, where did I uh, my... Oh,
0: Norhill got a 21 history.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I got a nat 20, 23 total for nature.
0: Jesus Christ. Apparently, Jarzak studied fucking cloud giants one semester, and he's very well versed on the subject.
4: I have history. One second. 15?
0: Okay. Yeah. So all three of you, once you see these giants, are very well aware of who they are. Uh, They're definitely cloud giants. As far as, like, the ordning goes and the the whole, like, you know, hierarchy of giants, they are second highest, but they'd have you believe that they were the highest if they could. Um, They're known to be very obsessed with things being artistic and beautiful, uh, oftentimes being a bit showboaty and strange in their own weird ways. Uh, They're very capable spellcasters, philosophers, musicians, and lovers. Um, But beyond that, they're miraculous What was that last one? gardeners so beyond that <laughs> um, okay. I thought I started something else very uh, mysterious beings who embody their strange god uh, with being either deceptive and, and awful in that respect or being uh, tricky and reclusive and interesting in their own regard very strange beings but like i said before you're either de- dealing with chaotically evil beings or chaotically good beings and the fact that they welcome you to their castle in a way that didn't kill you outright there's a pretty good chance you're gonna do okay so as the uh, party are led off of this uh structure off of the boat and into the courtyard again these giants are 25 feet tall at the tallest and the three of them that stand here, the lord of the three, gontier looks to each of you and gives you a very kind smile and a nod. His long sky blue hair tied up into a very regal topknot. He is absolutely covered in golden chains and silver chains, medallions, rings, and he even has a diamond studded scepter at his hand. But he looks to each of you guys with a warm greeting and he says, we have much to discuss. And I'm so glad that I was able to catch you when I did please come with me and with that he welcomes the entire staff of uh everybody on the vessel to come with him as the uh, wave wraith has been anchored to the side of the floating castle's courtyard first thing you notice as you come off of here um there are plants here like like uh strawberry bushes with strawberries that are about the size of like watermelons and like big giant ugly watermelons like pumpkin-sized strawberries okay um It is horrifying to see them that big, but that horror is only met by the size of the bumblebees that seem to be kind of like chilling around the plants as well that seem to be about the size of clica, if not bigger, and just kind of chilling.
3: To be fair, we dealt with giant bumblebees before.
0: Yeah, which is weird. Twice. But either way, as the party are led across one of the stonework bridges over the infinity of space below you, uh, through the clouds and down to the lands below, uh, you guys are brought to a giant stone castle structure where uh, you guys can tell that this is a giant-sized meeting hall as you're let in. Um, I don't know that anybody necessarily has seen these before in their lifetime, but again, a real quick check. You guys could also roll another Nature or History.
4: i roll another History...
0: Just because you guys can tell that there are a lot of giants in attendance who seem to be, like, guarding the doors and leading you guys in.
4: Yeah, 23, so I must have read this in a fucking picture book.
0: Uh, Norhill <laughs> got a
1: crit on his history check, which is a total of 25. Uh, whatever 12, it is, grade. he knows it very well.
4: We read, the same, we read the same picture book.
0: <laughs> yes, we did. Wait, what did you get for nature? 12. Oh, Okay, so yeah, Jarzak knows that these must be verbeegs if not, like, really stunty-looking hill uh, hill giants. Yeah, hill dwarfs. Um, but Norhill and Anton know these Verbeegs very well. Verbeegs are sort of the lowest possible rung on the ladder of giants, like, just a step above ogres. They're incredibly dumb and dim-witted and, like, very terrible when they don't have strong leadership. But these ones seem to be very well in, like, uh, good spirits and under good leadership as they seem to be bathed and seem to be pleasant which is saying a lot for Verbeegs. But as you guys enter the meeting hall, that's definitely made for 25-foot-tall individuals. The sounds of its footsteps, its sandaled footsteps, as the giant walks in here, echo all across the chamber. And it leads you guys to this massive table where it has set aside a few giant stairs that lead up to to chairs at the tables. And he says, I don't know if you've eaten yet. But if you haven't, I can at least provide you with desserts or perhaps bring out something for us to imbibe upon or to smoke. I have much, much here to indulge in. You know that his giant sweeping blue arm goes across the entirety of the table here. And the smell of this full kitchen here uh, is kind of overwhelming uh, to the senses, I suppose. But what would you guys like to do?
1: Uh, Norhill says, far be it from me to deny such kind hospitality. I will share this table with you.
0: Now, oh, as he smiles, you can tell that about five of the teeth in his mouth are gold and studded with gemstones the size of kleeka's head. And this sends a shiver down kleeka's spine. Um, but as the uh, party begin to climb the stairs to their to their individual chairs, the gnomes and rather uh, the rest of the staff also join in on this one. Um, The giant takes a seat at the head of the table and you guys can see the spread on the table here is food that again is fit for a 25 foot tall individual with pies, nearly the size of an entire king sized bed, as well as like a a whole hog on the table to be eaten, just a pig roast of a giant hog. So it's like a minivan of meat just sitting upon the table. And with that, a series of smaller s- cloud giants come rushing to the table, but judging by their size, they all seem to be, like, pubescent. Like, they're just children giants, but they all come rushing to the table, and as they do, come slamming into it. Their movements are, like, borderline seismic, and as they do so, he uh, kind of greets them all warmly, Lord Gontir, and he says, These are my children, Studwar, Galadi, and Thalmar. Thalmar has his finger promptly up his nose, and as his father slaps him in the back of the head, the sound of it nearly cracks you guys' ears, and he pulls his finger out promptly. As they begin to start chowing down on their food, the most beautiful cloud giantess you've ever seen, I guess, since you've probably never seen cloud giants before. The only uh, cloud giantess we've ever seen comes walking in like a cloud herself with her hair blowing breezily behind her and with that he stands up, greets her and sits down only after she is sat and says, and this is my wife the lady Lunfara and he says, we are so glad to have you here and she chimes in and she says, I never thought I'd see the day that I'd get to meet you all he talks about you non-stop him and his brother in there silly little bet, it would seem. And with that, he holds up his hand as if to like... And with that, he says, let's not talk about that. Please enjoy your meals.
1: Does everybody eat? Yeah. Uh, Norhill focuses on e- eating things that don't look completely silly to like cut smaller pieces off of.
3: Is just in, I guess, full damage control. Just like, like, oh man, Jarzak could fully dive into a pie. Yeah. (laughs) Holy fuck. She is hurtling towards him to, to like prevent that from happening. To either get him or the pie far enough away from each other, and then try and cut him off a piece of it. If he gets into the pie. Klika just lays down, faced out on the table. And is not going to get up until dinner's done.
0: So, okay. And then what about Anton?
4: Anton definitely heard that comment regarding the bet. So he assumes they clearly have some idea. They clearly have something, some idea like what wore their act. And what is the fate that the Herald of Steel has thrown at him? So he's curious, but he knows not eating. might piss him off. So he's going to eat.
0: The food is absolutely tremendous to the point that you think it might be laced with something to make it taste even better. Oh, and the no. levels of indulgence Wait, you guys no. feel here is like otherworldly i know you've eaten fine foods but this food feels elevated in a way that like it may actually be laced with something and as you eat it like dreamy headspace takes you over as you indulge in this food not to the point anybody becomes unconscious or anything but it definitely feels like this was cooked in a very strange way that like it's just it's just otherworldly you know so as you guys are eating and kind of taking in all the sights and the smells and the sounds, and as his three kids start throwing giant potatoes the size of cows at each other and getting into small fist fights that could potentially kill one of you with a misplaced punch, um, the lord sort of chimes in and leans over to uh, you guys at your section of the table and says, Do indulge me, however. I don't mean to be a demanding host, but could you tell me? What was the last great battle you engaged in? I'm so eager to hear about it. Uh, Luntharus slaps him on the hand and says, P- Do not, do, they are our guests. They do not want to speak of battle at a time like this. And he says, Please, look at that one Norhill Hammerstone, Lord of the Halls. Clearly, he is glory bound and he loves to talk of his valorous battling. And Um, that one! And points at Jarzak and says he also loves the din of battle and has survived many a blow.
3: um, Before all that, you said something about smoke?
0: I suppose. Um, Lunthar, perhaps the boys ought go to bed. And with that, she sort of helps get them from their spots, and as they slap fight three-stoogedly down the hallway out of this place, he turns to you guys and he says, I mean, I suppose so, but perhaps we should go to my chambers for that. Please. And he stands up and walks away, standing in place for a good two minutes as the entire party walk down the scaffolding and stairs from their chairs down to the lower level where they can get down to the floor. And he guides you down another series of giant steps where there are sub-steps for the smaller giants to climb up, and you guys still have to, like... Two steps know. for every individual stair your way through. It. Um,
2: if you're be... fly on the party,
3: uh, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, <laughs> if,
0: if doing if it's this, he looks down
2: and sees all the steps. He's like, No, nah, getting up was one thing, but doing
0: it again, <laughs> it okay. So the entire party gets to fly,
2: I believe so.
0: Okay. So as the whole party begins to take flight here, um, flying up in the cylindrical uh, uh, structure that makes up the tallest of the towers, um, Lord Gontier walks up the stairs, stomping as he does, echoing through this giant tower here, before you make it to the height of the pinnacle of this tower, which is something of a large study, with a beautiful window, a stained glass window, and a clear open window leading out to the moon and the clouds beyond, And as he sits you into this giant chamber with all these books, he sits down into a massive chair and before him is a fireplace, which he claps his hands twice and the fire immediately ignites. And a giant like dire bear pelt lays before the fire and he hands like gestures you guys to sit upon the giant bear pelt instead of sitting like just on the floor.
2: Jarzak tries to clap twice.
0: As you do, the fire begins to like slowly dil- like dim down as if you clapped too quietly to turn it off. And with that, he says, if you'd like to know how it works, I'm afraid your hands may be too small.
2: I just wanted to see if I could do it, too. That was pretty neat.
0: With that, he just claps his hands quietly two more times, and it comes back from the dim state to full brightness. And he says, so anyway... Um, smoking, you said? And he pulls out a very elaborate glassware piece with a bunch of tubes and nozzles on it, and he says, I wouldn't recommend any of you actually take part in this, but I wouldn't be a good host if I didn't offer it, at the very least. And he brings out sort of this strange glassware hookah kind of looking thing, and he presents it to the party as he puts it down on the floor on its small golden legs. Honestly, Cleak it looks like a fucking spaceship with tentacles on it. It's a very Cleak. strange thing that he's presented.
3: Yeah, Klik is going to go for it. What has she got to lose at this point?
0: Alright, well give me a constitution <gasps> saving throw. Yeah.
3: Jarzak will go for it
2: too.
4: It's, it's good. He doesn't go for it. Uh, it
2: Norhill abstains. 19. Okay, good. Jarzak? Fifteen.
0: Fifteen. So you 15. both are able to indulge in it in a way that's very comforting. It's warming and you feel a certain a prickly fuzziness take over your skin, but one that doesn't dilute the senses and keeps you guys in a very forefront of your mind. This is kind of like uh, an after meal brandy, you know, like this is kind of it takes the edge off and lets the evening kind of settle in in a very comfortable way. That feels like the fireplace is hugging you with a gentle sort of an ambient warmth. But after that, he imbibes on it and blows out smoke out the window that just comes off like an entire cloud just left of the building. And with that, he comes back to sit in his seat and he says, So, I offer you all one gift. A gift in exchange for, I suppose, some information. I am more than willing to help you on your current quest. From what I recall, it would appear that your enemy's forces are quite, quite supreme. But my question for you is, why are you flying in this direction when the battle is clearly in the center of the continent? Were you trying to circumvent this danger or sneak up behind it? This feels like a tactic Norhill would have. I've watched your battle plans, and I've seen you're quite strategic. But if this was Jarzak's plan, I think he probably would have pulled out that magic missile launcher again and probably would have dropped some garbage on them. I saw what you did in Enton and it was very impressive.
3: Um, have you just been, like, watching the whole time? Are you the Illuminator?
4: Oh, think that's the Illuminator, Ticot.
0: that's so why you can speak giant ronnie um oh but, my God. He's...
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but he seems kind of taken aback and he says with all due respect to say i was just watching is not true i'll be totally honest i've done a lot of watching but well, you see my brother and i have a very elaborate wager." he has the silly suspicion that you will all lose in this fight and all of humanity will be destroyed by the, uh, what is his name? The Herald of Steel. A real pain in the ass, that one. But he thinks you're you're all going to die. I don't think that's the case, and we have quite a lot of gold riding on this wager. So I suppose I'm willing to help you so long as you don't make it known that I'm helping you. I think with the cloud cover I'm afforded here, my brother, Gonthar, will probably never know. Uh, so, maybe. as long as you don't tell, I'll help you get wherever it is that you're going.
2: So, uh. your brother's betting on the world ending and everyone dying.
0: I mean, That's, uh... we didn't stipulate that far out. We just assumed you'd all be dead.
3: Yeah, Kleega kind of already did the whole impassioned third-party thing. I... No.
0: (laughs) Kling is just gonna walk off. He says, I beg pardon, the what? No. It is a
1: very long and incredibly involved story.
0: He says, well, that may inform my betting from further engagements. I need to know this information.
3: Like his face down on the floor somewhere. So, the 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 <laughs> the,
1: the, the, the herald of steel uh, has designs not only on the destruction and conquest of the mortal world, but on the world of immortals as well. Our most recent attempt at garnering allies in this battle brought us to the governors of the land of immortals itself for help and shall I say that they were less than forthcoming in that regard.
0: And he kind of shrugs and he says, they are a bunch of bastards, I will admit. I've met a god or two in my day, maybe. But if I can say one thing, the most important people in your life to meet are those that will surround you with success and jewelry. And the finest of foods. And for that, I say, I am happy to have you all as friends, for you will make me an even richer man than I am if you win this. So, again, I ask you, for the good of everyone, including myself, what can I do to help you?
1: Uh, So... Just uh, real quick so that I don't say it wrong. What's the name of the land that we're going to and the lich that we're going to visit? Uh,
0: You're going to the land of Theramore to see the lich Unthrendil.
1: We're traveling to the lands of Theramore to seek audience with the lich Unthrendil. If the immortals were not willing uh, to uh, take a side and lend us their aid uh, in this war, we
0: hope that perhaps he will. That he coughs and he says, "By immortal blood, you're going to see who Unthrendil." Oh no! That I did not. He starts. He he starts rubbing his head like the kind of man who just saw the racehorse he bet all of his money on. Just like got explosive diarrhea and collapsed mid race. Like he just realized he's like, oh shit. He's like, I bet on the slow horse. So he just pulls himself together and he says. Okay, why are you going there and not going to the fight? We Any need more, more than.
2: Go ahead. We need more than what we have, and it, it, unless you're offering services to help us fight, we we
0: have to. He says, "No, no, 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 no. There are very few of my kind in this realm, and." <clears throat> We lost many trying to help out with things like this. So I enjoy my comforts, and I will continue to do so as a living, breathing giant.
3: Um. Well, Klika stands up from laying on the ground.
0: And dramatically stands yeah. back up, Mister uh,
3: Guantier. It's like you said, Klika surrounded herself with people who gave her. Nice jewelry. And then she shows off the necklace. And we're gonna do the same for the lich. We're gonna give him this nice necklace. And then he's gonna help us win against this terrible thing.
0: The giant's eyes nearly bulge out of his head as he looks at you. And this shining piece of jewelry. And he says, is that elvish jewelry? I sure hope so,
3: because uh, the Elvish Queen gave it to me.
0: So he reaches out his gigantic hand and lowers it down to you for you to hand it to him.
3: Are you going to give it back?
0: And he looks to you with a puzzled look on his face. He says, well, yeah. Okay, Klee hands it over. So that he looks at it, he holds it in his hands and he stares at it very intently before having a sudden moment of realization that's very clear upon his face, and he hands it back to you slowly and gently, and he says and you're just giving it to an Unthrendil in the hopes that he will, as he holds up his giant finger quotes help you Do you know what this is?
1: That's specific, that, that item specifically?
3: Necklace?
0: he just kind
3: of
0: shiny elven necklace (laughs) you can't just keep adding adjectives to it it doesn't change okay (laughs) with that he just kind of looks to you all and he says okay it's oftentimes like this that i think that certain people have maybe led into too much information so why don't we just do this you're going to fear more I will lead you to Firmore, close to it, and you may fly down to a near port. I happen to know the location of Unthrendil's lair. It is a terrible, unholy place. But if that is where you are to go, I would highly recommend you stop at the nearest place that you may be able to, well, find respite. There's a small settlement of humans and ogres called Galid Bay. I can bring you there. It is not too far from the icon of despair. The layer of what? The, the icon of despair? It is the layer of the Lichwin Unthrendil.
2: Oh. Can't I
1: can't honestly say <laughs> that I'm surprised, but in these desperate times, unlike the alliances should at least be attempted and I am very grateful for your aid
3: what what do you
0: know about this necklace and he says well it's shiny it's elvish and it's a necklace a very great power that I think the elven queen who gave it to you to gift to a lich had to better know what she is doing.
3: I think it's just happy that her and Jarzak were able to get most of it right.
1: I, I would hope that Queen Paleotreides is very wise. I doubt that oh, she does this quest
0: lightly. He points a finger out to you guys and he says, she is a good queen. Honestly, we had a wager a few months ago about a flying castle, kind of like ours. And, you know, anyway, that's a tale for a different time. But I would suggest She needs suggest a haircut. All... <laughs> he just looks so confused. And he's like, perhaps you smoked a little bit too much. I think it might be a good idea for you all to go get some rest. If you are going to save the world, as you said, you need to get your sleep. If that... He claps his hands, the fire goes out, and there's a knock at the door as a few Verbeegs show up grunting and burping to help you uh, on your way back down the stairs, or at least flying out of here to go to your room in the barracks. So, How,
3: how confused are the rear that that we, we just sort of
0: hover over them? I mean, they definitely look like they're not impressed by this as they have to now keep up with you running down the stairs as you just float down the middle of the tower going down slowly like opposite fizzy lifting drinks and they have to sprint (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh! (laughs) so that once they reach the bottom they lead you to a a a barracks where there are quite a lot of bunk beds set up Uh, a separate adjoined room is where they lead you and they give you sort of a kind nod, and one of them, in a very broken common, speaks to you and says, "Do you need any things?
4: Uh, I think we'll be all
0: right, okay." And he just kind of closes the door with a slam, and you guys see that there's a small fireplace in here, a few nicer bunks and um yeah. So with the days that follow, the party are given uh, fine meals, all the comforts of staying at such an unearthly estate, where you guys are given opportunities to listen to his children playing their magical music, as well as him reciting his beautiful poetry. And you guys are able to venture through his perfectly well-kept greenhouses and gardens um meeting a dog that's apparently the size of a horse that he says is the smallest puppy he's ever owned um uh yeah it's just a very unearthly uh experience as you guys spend your time here but did anybody have any special treats that they wanted to engage in for the next three days as they're floating around in this citadel of lord gontier not really i can't think of anything Whole party so exhausted by everything. They're like, you know what? Cloud giant temple. We're just gonna say, fuck it. I'm yeah. going to bed yeah. for three yeah. days.
1: Yeah. Norhill Nor- <laughs> does uh, take that time to like indulge in a little bit of rest and relaxation that he super wasn't expecting to get.
3: Right. because just right. so just <laughs> so I don't know, not distraught, just sort of like. Mm-hmm. Disassociating from everything on the idea that not one but two extremely powerful parties know what's going on, and instead of doing anything, one of them is just like, "Well, that's just how it goes. You silly mortals, you'll figure it out." And the other one's
0: actively
3: placing bets on it.
0: <laughs> it's just was that whole. You know, what was that whole thing Kleeke uh, had a problem with about people uh, watching people die when their lives didn't mean much? Yeah, this, no, the just... whole
3: thing of just meaningless deaths that had, could just for no reason that clique could understand. And both these parties are just fully on board with this. And it's just so tough for her.
0: Well, I imagine Jarzak similarly is going to do very little about being in the Fly Castle. Yeah. Okay. So the whole party just enjoy a very uh, very low-key time in their flying cloud giant ch- retreat. And as the uh, cloud giant Lord Gontier comes to uh, say his final farewells to you as they've prepped your ship, with gigantic fruit and vegetables, as well as a mega-sized jar of pickles, various pickled vegetables and meats, um, which he tells you is a delicacy of cloud giants. It doesn't taste like it is, but he keeps saying it is. He guides you guys to your vessel and wishes you a fine voyage, where he tells you, Galad Bay, it's just down there, Uh, and you guys in the Wave Wraith fly down from this flying castle through the clouds, and fly close to the frozen bay of Galad Bay, where you can see smoke drifting from the different chimneys of the various houses in the snow-covered land of Theramore. And that's where we're going to end it. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at youngbrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... judge.